Academy Museum presents a history of the Navy in 100 objects. Today is the 50th episode in the A History of the Navy in 100 Objects series. Thus far, we have covered nearly 200 years of naval history, with topics ranging from John Paul Jones to steamships, maritime expeditionary landings in far-off countries, and early naval political cartoons. 100 Objects is an all-volunteer series and it's a fitting point to take the time to recognize the many volunteers for the tremendous effort every week. The project was begun in 2010 with the assistance of several dozen midshipmen at the Naval Academy who helped with research, brainstorming, and planning. The core team is composed of cameraman and editor Matt McMahon, media specialist at the Naval Academy, Megan Sanders, web presence coordinator, Rod Dotty, social media coordinator, and Lieutenant Commander Claude Barraby, lead advisor and director of the Naval Academy Museum. The staff of the Naval Academy, especially the museum, have been instrumental in this project thus far, specifically retired Naval Academy Museum director Dr. Scott Harmon, and museum curators Jim Cheevers, Grant Walker, and Donald Pruell. The Naval History and Heritage Command and the Naval Institute have also been vital in providing support of all types to the project. A big thank you to them and all of the volunteers for their continued support, and to you, our listeners. For the next half of the series, we want you, the listener, to get much more involved with ideas, questions, and musings. At the end of this week, we'll put a form onto our Facebook page that will allow you to submit questions, upload photos, and suggest ideas. We will use your feedback to drive the second half of the series, as well as answer your questions from previous episodes. You can also use our Facebook page directly, or tweet us at Navy 100 Objects with any questions. I'm Ensign Chris O'Keefe, and we now go to today's object, number 50. As the American battleships burned at Pearl Harbor, the small number of U.S. aircraft carriers suddenly became the Pacific Fleet's main offensive weapons. Thankfully, a core group of naval officers had by this point been developing the art of naval and carrier aviation for nearly 30 years. One of these early pioneer aviators was Admiral Mark Mitcher. Mitcher had been one of the pilots of the four Navy planes that attempted the first transatlantic crossing by air, discussed in episode 41 and had been instrumental in the development of the first aircraft carriers and of naval aviation in general. Today, for our 50th episode, we are joined by a special guest, distinguished historian, Naval Academy professor, and award-winning author, Dr. Craig Simons. Dr. Simons joins us for a little bit more about Admiral Mitcher and our object today. And today we're going to talk about this hat. This hat belonged to Mark Pete Mitcher, who, like many other officers of his generation, got his nickname here at the Naval Academy as a plebe. Turns out that when Mitcher arrived here from Oklahoma, then still a territory, in 1904, 
He arrived just after the departure of another Oklahoma citizen named Peter Marcellus Cade Jr. Cade uh, had been a very popular midshipman, a Mitcher not so much. And as a result, the upper class, to torment Mitcher perhaps, ordered him upon demand to brace himself up and call out the name of the departed Peter Cade anytime they demanded it. And as a result of that, virtually everyone took to calling him Pete. And Pete he remained for the rest of his life. One of the other characteristics that young Mitcher had as a plebe at the Naval Academy was it became obvious very early on that the outdoors was virtually a hostile environment for him. He had very fair skin, milk white skin, and his hair already thinning even as a plebe. Uh, it led to a, a, a ditty that was recorded in uh, the log uh, upon his graduation that said, Pete dislikes all illusions or mirth about the hue of his hair or its dearth. It causes him pain when he has to explain that he's not an albino by birth. Well, this background actually is pertinent to Pete Mitcher's cap because when he went to sea, when he eventually graduated after six years at the Naval Academy, having a start over after his first two years, partly by behavior, partly by grades. When he did finally graduate in 1910 and went to sea, uh, he sunburned so easily that his nose was constantly peeling. His skin was ravaged by the exposure to the sunlight. And he became aged very early. Even by the time he was in his early 50s, he looked like a man who might have been in his 80s. And the doctors made it clear to him, you have to protect your very tender skin from the effects of the sun. And so we always wore a ball cap. This particular cap with a relatively short bill uh, is less uh, characteristic of the ones he often wore at sea. He had to have the uh, tailor design a specially made long-billed ball cap, which looked vaguely like a duck's bill, and often photographed wearing that. And the reason was not just vanity. It was simply because he really had to protect himself from the rays of the sun. Well, Pete Mitcher was uh, an indifferent surface warfare officer, but really found his stride when he became an aviator. Aviation, of course, brand new service in the Navy at the, uh, soon after the turn of the 20th century. And he got in on the ground floor, went down to Florida, to Pensacola, flew airplanes that looked like box kites off of shore bases, smashed them up more often than not but absolutely loved to fly. He became naval aviator number 33. And because he got in on the ground floor of the naval aviation business, he was on the spot when the Navy finally turned to the creation of aircraft carriers. He became the executive officer on the Lexington, and then in 1941, the commanding officer of the brand new construction USS Hornet, which would play such a crucial role in the campaigns across the Pacific before uh, succumbing to Japanese bombs and torpedoes in the Battle of the Santa Cruz Islands near Guadalcanal. But following that, uh, Pete Mitcher, now a rear admiral and soon to become a vice admiral, was endowed with command of what was known as the Fast Carrier Task Force. This task force put together ships that were still under construction when the Japanese hit Pearl Harbor in 1941. Constituted a group of vessels that could steam at better than 30 knots, carry as many as 900 or even 1,000 airplanes, and fight such epic confrontations at sea as the Battle of the Philippine Sea, or if you would, the Marianas Turkey Shoot, and of course the Battle 
of Leyte Gulf. Uh, Pete Mitcher commanded this fast carrier, t carrier task force in the operations from uh, Saipan on to the shores of Japan itself and became known by his biographer as the Magnificent Mitcher. But all the time, whenever he was out on that bridge wing watching carrier operations, he was wearing his ball cap, one much like this one. Yeah.